Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. It's been a while. It's been a minute, as they say. It's been a minute. Uh, welcome. I have so much that I want to talk about <laughs> today. So much. And I want to see how much we can get in. You know, it's, as I've said, it's... Uh, it's been an it's it's been a wild ride. We're at the top of the roller coaster right now. <laughs> and we all have butterflies. And this is where it gets scary when you're at the top of the roller coaster. Um as you guys know, next week uh, tides are about to turn and they just started. Uh new should have been out today, but we're going to probably keep it for um next week. Today, I just want to talk about guns, Kyle and Steve Bannon. That's what I want to talk about today. Aside from wanting to show you, okay, so get this. I have an amazing video producer. He is insanely talented. When I say talented, like insanely talented. And so I was like, yo, I'm just going to like <laughs> make my own little video clip. Um, I'm playing around right on my computer because I'm just, not, it's not bored. It's, I wanted to see, you know, how maybe I can help because I feel so bad. I keep adding things, deleting things. And, you know, he's a professional. And so I played around with iMovie and I thought I could kind of give you guys a very small, loud tidbit with a lot of eggies in there uh, for you guys to see before the actual trailer comes out. And, um, you know, he was like, oh, these are all preset stuff. And it's, yeah, I know it's cheesy, but I thought I'd do it anyway. So I want to share that with you. Oops, what happened? What's going on? Okay. What is happening? Dang, what's going on? 
Throttle much? Mm. Whoa. Damn, they don't want people see. Damn, China. I think it's my Chinese connection. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Can anybody hear me? Can you guys at least hear me? Damn, what happened there? That was crazy. That was super crazy. Let's try this again. Dang. Oh, dang. This is really bad. <laughs> this is really bad. It's so bad. What is going on? Guys, I'm just going to leave it here for a sec to, um, it's hanging. Damn, China. Mm -hmm. Chickity China, the Chinese chicken. I think they're upset. Here we go. Let's see. All right. So that was, um, a really remedial video that I made. Uh, and it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, working round the clock. I've been jotting down notes. We want to get this perfect. But you know what I wanted before we get into things? I want to get into Steve Bannon first. But to get to Steve Bannon, we have to go back to Tucker Carlson's clip of his introduction because we need to spot out the people that lied to him. And I'm going to show you how InfoWars themselves said that those people that are out there are their people. Listen carefully. Their own. InfoWars organized this. I want you to listen. A lot of people haven't seen this audio. The domestic war on terror is here, is coming after half of the country. The helicopters have left Afghanistan, and now they've landed here at home. And the left is hunting the right, sticking them in Guantanamo Bay for American citizens, leaving them there to rot. We are dealing with an insurgency in the United States. Terrorism for white supremacy is the most lethal threat to homeland. I've been told that I'm a white nationalist. Me. FBI, hands up. They've begun to fight a new enemy in a new war on terror. Not Al-Qaeda, white supremacy. False flags have happened in this country. One of which may have been January 6th. guys remember that first episode where he showed Ollie saying, I'm being set up. Remember that? Now I'm going to tell you I have audio of Alex Jones himself talking about many things. But we also know who told Alex Jones to fire Millie, who gave the marching orders for the attack on Millie and myself specifically. So I think it's about time we return a little bit of the favor and I slow down, pause and resume because I didn't put the text there but I'll show you. Yeah, I think so. She said, she said his exact words were, let's walk up Pennsylvania. Now, as you're watching, hold on, hold on. Now, listen, you don't want to wait for Trump? USA! USA! You think you drop slow? Yeah, I think so. She said, she said his exact words were, let's walk up Pennsylvania. So he might even fucking walk. At least a part of the way, he'll probably walk with the crowd. It's going to be so fucking sore. So, so I would hold here until we fucking, I told her, let me know when you can find out. Trump's coming. It's almost done. Trump's coming. We're going to wait for him right here. He may even walk for science, so it's going to be a story. That's for fucking Tuesday, I guarantee you. 
It's only a shit of your dreams. You gotta call this right. I, I should. Yeah. I'll take you to the I didn't go to the cabin. We don't show up with the president. I mean, who knows, man? One, we're not gonna be able to keep pace with him. Two, that was just his walk. That's what he told the crowd. Hey. Who said Let's see. Oh dear, oh dear. Oh dear. Hmm. So we are so all right. Is this better? Let's see. Is this working better? Is that good? All right, perfect. Um, my foreign lines were actually attacked <laughs> because as you guys know, I stream uh to other nations as well, and that would include um China. So I guess they didn't like that. They really didn't like that. So um, it's pretty cray cray how it, it's not working for me. <laughs> what I wanted to point out is a lot of people are constantly talking about January 6th and they're making videos and documentaries right? The actual documentary that dispelled everything for you is done by Millie Weaver. There's no point in watching another at all. I don't care what anyone says. That was the mother load right there. There were a few things missing, but that's okay, right? It doesn't matter. But what's important for people to understand is they're trying to get to President Trump. And that is the only reason that they are even attempting anything. They need to get Trump. And so obviously they're going to go for Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, a freaking genius. 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 But the people that were involved, that many of us are like, what the hell were they thinking? Like, why would you even associate with someone like XYZ? right? Like Ali Akbar, for example, which by the way, I wanted to say, well, I'll tell you after, after we talk about, um, Bannon, but he infiltrated every facet of it. Don't forget, right? Ali Akbar hijacked many, many movements. Fact. I called him out. Fact. An article was then run by others. Fact. The day after his expose, he filed for a company name. He's done that before when he got caught by the IRS. Facts. So they're going to Steve Bannon. Why aren't they going to Alex Jones, Ali Akbar, and whoever told Alex Jones to fire Millie and paid Ali Akbar with somebody else's money to attack Millie and myself? Ah, that somebody fucked up because you may have skirted all political circles. You may have been fantastic, but with people that come out of the shadows, they usually like to be hidden. When they come out, do not think you know. It's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to get pretty wild. Pretty wild. But take a listen to what Steve Bannon had to say when he came out of the court. Listen, or, or, ordinarily, we don't like to comment on the case, but I have the uh, obligation to respond to something that Attorney General Garland wrote. Attorney General Garland wrote, he promised Justice Department employees would show the American people by word and deed, Justice Department adheres to the rule of law, follows the facts in the law, and pursues equal justice under the law. I assume here you can take off your masks. Yes, we're outdoors. Okay. It's a free country. There is nothing about this case that reflects a pursuit of the equal justice under the law. This thing was a scam from the beginning. The committee, the committee, the committee that 
was convened here was convened exclusively of people who have made prejudgments and announced them publicly. The chair of the committee sued President Trump personally and before he was even appointed to his position, determined and put in writing that President Trump was responsible for the events of January 6th. This is not an investigative committee. There's nothing for him to investigate when he's made a prejudgment. You have other members of the committee who announced their prejudgments well in advance. It's not equal justice under the law, Mr. Garland, to charge a matter like this criminally. The holder of the privilege in this case, executive privilege, invoked the privilege. Mr. Bannon is a layperson. When the privilege has been invoked by the purported holder of privilege, he has no choice but to withhold the documents. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. So, um, as you can all see, Steve Bannon is cracking a smile because everything went according to the script. This is how you win. And his hair looks nice and combed. Um, Mr. Bannon acted as his lawyer counseled him to do by not appearing and by not and by not turning over documents in this case. He didn't refuse to comply. He made quite clear that if a court ordered him to comply, he would do that. But he had an obligation to honor the privilege that was invoked. And in terms of prosecuting this criminally, it violates settled Department of Justice policy that's binding on the executive branch. It is outrageous that a criminal charge was brought in this case. It is a misdemeanor, but it's being treated as if it were a capital case. Um, Mr. Bannon takes this very seriously. It's outrageous what the government did. The principles of equal justice. Hold on. He said something very important. This is a misdemeanor, taking it like it's a capital crime. I want you guys to understand that's true. McCain got a king's burial. What happened to Colin Powell? He went out with a whimper in the night, no rotunda, no visitations, no nothing. Just uh, went out with a whimper. Nice sacrifice, right? Justice under law that Mr. Attorney General Garland speaks about are vitally important to all of us and we all lose as americans when they're selectively used and when we violate that principle you see these signs right here and the guys over here saying insurrection and all that that's what this country's about it's freedom of speech they got their opinions we have our opinions okay hang on they have their opinions i'm telling you right now this is going to be the misdemeanor from hell for merrick garland nancy pelosi and joe biden joe biden ordered Merrick Garland to prosecute me from the White House lawn when he got off Marine One. And we're going to do, we're going to go on the offense. We're tired of playing defense. We're going to go on the offense on this and stand by. That, by the way, by the way, by the way, you should understand Nancy Pelosi took, is taking on Donald Trump and Steve Bannon. She ought to ask Hillary Clinton how that turned out for them, okay? We're going on the offense. And so true, so true. We're definitely going on the offense. So let me tell you what I've been up to. Now, you all know that a lot of people have been, January 6th committee is a sham. Totally is. I already told you what it's for. We need to get Trump. We need to get him for a crime. He can't be elected into office. Oh my God, we're running out of time. Nothing can stop what's coming, right? So since it's a sham, allow them to show their teeth uh, while they try to get with um, Ben and the cannon in the shape of a boomerang. Meanwhile, little old me, has filed a case against Dominion. Today, a federal court was supposed to file their objection to be subpoenaed. Guess what? They didn't file an objection. Therefore, they waive every right to any future objections. But today also, I believe it's today, we've added a new party to the suit to defend themselves with Dominion. And that's Ali Abdul Razak Akbar. <laughs> He's actually a named party now in that lawsuit, too. 
So the fun thing is going to be to find out who it is that funded all this. Remember Alex Jones on Pete Santilli bitching? Oh my gosh, Ali Akbar owes me money from the January 6th event. Wait, are you saying that Ali Akbar was paying Alex Jones? Where do you get that money from? It's okay. We're going to find out in court. See, this is how it is. You take your time with things. You don't rush into Congress to speak in front of losers that aren't going to do shit. You think they don't have all that documentation in their files? You think that they don't know who, what, when, and where? You know? Deposition's going to be super fun. Super fun. Huh. He's going to be defending himself along with Dominion and Congressman Cohen of Tennessee and the Chattanooga Press and uh, Ohio Intel temps. <laughs> I wonder what all of those parties have in common. It's going to be so much fun to ask questions. A lot of questions. See, you always give the opportunity for someone corrupt. Take it back. But when you see that they go on a, you know, another show and they sit there and, oh, I was totally set up when we've got audio and video that says different. Well, then. And when we've got transactions that say different. Well, then. And the fact that he made him look like he owned the Stop the Steal movement. Well, then. It's going to be quite interesting to see how he created Stop the Steal, how he created the company after he was called out for hijacking it, how he went around the U.S. hijacking the event by the Kremer girls who had been doing it for over a year, right? Going around to motivate people, to vote, to pay attention, to be poll watchers, really great stuff. And then randomly their person that was filing permits decided, yeah, I'm going to make my own company and file a permit and not my name and not tell them. Oh, shoot. See, there's paper trail for that. They also paid for big fat hotel bill, probably paid for a lot of other people's hotel bill, probably gave a lot of money to Ali Akbar. He'll tell us because this is a court and he will be coming. That's why I asked. I know, I know, I know. You know, my lawyer is like, you can't do this. Like John Brennan's going to get subpoenaed. See, I want to subpoena him after Dominion's actually served. Why? Because I want to see if Dominion's going to try to quash that subpoena. That'll be fun. <laughs> That'll be super duper fun. That's why I was like, you know, why not just regular people go and serve these subpoenas so they can have the pleasure of saying they did so and obviously not putting anyone in danger. I would assume that we go and serve John Brennan's wife. I mean, it would still be service process. That's his home, right? I think that would be fair, super fair, super duper fair. Maybe I'm thinking now this is a stretch. No, I'm not going to get into that yet. It's going to be um, interesting the way it comes out. See, you have to be patient. You can't play their game. You got to change the field. See, I'm not very good at soccer these days because I can't run for shit. My fat ass can't run across the court. And I can't dance tango, but I could do the two-step with them on my floor in slippers and at a rhythm that I want. So it's more about being patient for the right opportunity. 
And so rather than go to Congress, who are you going to tell? You know, so many times, you know, a lot of people now say, now I get it why you can't tell. Now I get why you didn't say anything earlier when you were working for them. Because, you know, a lot of people talk white hat, black hat. Let me tell you something. Once a black hat, you're always a black hat. But there are black hats that were always white hats. They just wore a hat on top. Watching and learning. And when the time comes, they flip it off. See, it's quite fascinating how we're seeing all of this roll out. And those that were with me in Arizona, I told them something a couple days ago. I said, you watch. They're going to take Biden out of the way now. What was the first thing that came out in the news today? Oh, that's right. That he conveyed power during a colonoscopy, which buys some time up until December 2nd, I guess reasonable time. Um, but it could just be nothing. Just a, let me egg you on for a little bit. Let me give them some, some bone to run with. No one pays attention to Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Everyone's focused on Kyle Rittenhouse, which the Biden administration will be sued to the ground. Every other media, I mean, you, you would think that CNN learned their lesson after doing that huge ass payout, but all of us have been archiving. What about all those people that got fired or the reporters that turned up to those people's house demanding to know why they donated $10 and got them fired? You know, you thought they would have learned their lesson, right? You thought they would have been like, oh yeah, we learned our lesson. We had a massive payout, but nope, no lesson. You would have thought they would have learned their lesson with Sandman, but oh gosh, there we go. They're living a nightmare right now. They didn't expect people to start becoming participants rather than maintaining their spectatorship. When I say movements were hijacked, it doesn't mean the actual movement itself. The source of it was corrupt. Not all of it, that is. But those that perpetuated it did. Those that perpetuated it did, like a siren singing a song to put you all to sleep. It's like saying, you know, I'm building a house and everyone's digging for the foundations and you're in charge of the concrete and you don't come with the concrete. Guess what? No house. They're living a nightmare, such a nightmare that CNN will go as far as to be like, why is Steve Bannon losing to the January 6th committee? Losing? Bitches, you fell into the trap. This script was nicely written. See, I've always said, humankind cannot be an absolute node. It must indeed be treated as a variable node, not as an absolute value. Well, when you take it in as a node, lo and behold, everything starts to focus and lights, camera, action. He had four shirts on, still in Trump world. All right, let's go through first 
how we got here. So the House passed a contempt resolution against Bannon in October. It was punishment for Bannon's flouting of a congressional subpoena to appear before the committee in connection with the January 6th Stop the Steal rally and subsequent riot at the U.S. Capitol, a riot that left more than 100 police officers injured and five people dead. Now, that contempt resolution kicked the matter over to the, ow, I'm gonna pull something. Kicked the matter over to the Department of Justice. Attorney General Merrick Garland was pretty tight-lipped as to whether he would pursue criminal contempt charges then against Bannon. Quote, we'll apply the facts and the law and make a decision consistent with the principles of prosecution. Garland told the House Judiciary Committee on the same day that Bannon was held in contempt by the House Chamber, which is a pretty opaque statement. <clears throat> now, Garland's seeming hesitancy to weigh in made some liberals who wanted Bannon charged like yesterday totally insane. How the f*** is Steve Bannon still a free man, asked Kurt Mardella, a Democratic strategist on Twitter in early November, and he was far from the only one. Well, Has anyone asked that question about Barack Hussein Obama? Ooh, I almost said that name. Hillary Clinton, people within the State Department, huh? Jake Sullivan, I went over Jake Sullivan with the whole Trump thing, <laughs> the Trump torch thing, the whole, oh... Remember the torch episode? We talked about Jake Sullivan. No need. Did, 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 did this dude who wrote an exceptional article on the day that Barack Hussein Obama was sworn in for the first time, <laughs> he wrote an amazing article saying that Barack Hussein Obama's first executive order five minutes in just put concrete boots on transparency. What happened? Why did he change? I guess it could be the blue glasses. While Garland may have not been moving fast enough for some on the left, he eventually got to the place they wanted, which is charging Bannon with contempt. In making a move to indict Bannon, Garland sends a very clear signal to other Trumpists currently refusing to testify that the stakes for non-compliance are now actually pretty serious, and still many are not complying. In fact, on the same day Bannon was charged, former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows refused to comply with the congressional subpoena to appear before the January 6th committee. So how Garland and the January 6th committee proceeds with each of these high-profile men is going to be illuminating. Illuminating. Each count of contempt, criminal contempt, carries the possibility of a year imprisonment as well as a number of fines. And while major figures like Bannon and Meadows may well be willing to risk that penalty and can afford to pay the significant legal fees associated with all this, more junior people who the committee wants to speak to won't be so lucky and will likely feel compelled to testify because of those hefty consequences. Now, when it comes to Bannon in particular, there's ample reason as to why the committee would like to speak to him as, as they seek to understand what happened in the days leading up to January 6th, as well as the insurrection that wound up breaking out that day. So in the waning days of December 2020, Bannon was on the phone with Donald Trump, urging the then president to make January 6th the date of official certification of the Electoral College vote by Congress, a sort of final stand in his non-existent war on voter fraud. As authors Bob Woodward and Robert Costa recount in their book, Peril, you've got to call Pence off the <laughs> ski slopes and get him back here today. This is a crisis, Bannon said, referring to the vice president who was vacationing in Vail, Colorado. Bannon told Trump to focus on January 6th. That was the moment for a reckoning. People are going to go, what the is going on here? Bannon believed. We're going to bury Biden on January 6th. Bury him. If Republicans could cast enough of a shadow on Biden's victory on January 6th, Bannon said, it would be hard for Biden to govern. 
Millions of Americans would consider him illegitimate. They would ignore him. They would dismiss him and wait for Trump to run again. We are going to kill it in the crib. Kill the Biden presidency in the crib, he said. Yeah. Now, Bannon also talked to Trump on the night of January 5th after Vice President Mike Pence had informed Trump that he would not be overturning the Electoral College votes the following day in Congress. And again, as Woodward and Costa recounted from that conversation, Trump brought up his meeting with Pence. He said the vice president's whole demeanor had changed. Pence was not the man he had long known. He was very arrogant, Trump said. Bannon agreed. Yeah. Good job, boss. Yeah, you're right, boss. Um, yeah, um, let's go back in time to where I told you that Pence is a traitor in 2018 or 2019 when he got that note from that corrupt sheriff in Alabama. See, and a lot of people gave me shit. No, no, no. He's just weird. No, 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 no. Tori saw the anonymous op-ed. Tori saw where the anonymous op-ed came. Don't forget, up until early 2020, I saw all their communications legally. I had full and unequivocal access to the NSA twin stream. I could see everything they were doing. I could hear everything they were doing. And you may assume that I may in my possession have copies of that. But I do not. I would never have something like that in my possession. In my possession, never, never, never. But I could probably tell them the date and time those messages were sent, uh, those phone calls were made, and those emails were sent, and through which ones. Mm, you know, this is why GCHQ and Global Group uh, took down their websites after Millie Weaver's report. Suddenly, I no longer had administrative access. Oh, shit. My little secret was out. But that's all I needed because as they covered up their tracks, people were watching. They were watching. Lots of people were watching. Tons of them. And so as they began, you know when it happened? February of 2020. This massive campaign with manufactured shit started really hitting the fan with me. They were attacking me on the down low from the outskirts. And they had tapped a few assets, uh, but nothing big uh, that would, you know, bother me, right? <laughs> so dumb. So, you know, you accept attacks. You love attacks because as they come... When you agitate someone, they fuck up, they trip, they fall, especially when they're not righteous. See, a lot of us get upset. And when we're not in the right, we will trip up. And some of us, even when we're in the right, will trip up. But that's because we're not upset for the right reasons. When I get angry, you know, it's like what my kids say. When I get angry, and if I'm yelling and I'm screaming and I'm bitching, it's fine. I'm not that angry. But when I go quiet and I sit... And I smile, well, 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 well. That's the really, 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 really not good part. See, that's when you know I'm mad, you know? You'll know I'm mad, I'll be sarcastic. I'll call you out, I'll bark. But I think my last words to a couple of those people are, I'm gonna make you my bitch. And I left it at that, right? Bannon, the cannon, said, we're on the offense now. He was smiling because see, the script worked. They all played their roles accordingly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
And that is how you win. I realizing that corrupt people, what is it? What's that saying that criminals always return to the same scene and criminals are creatures of habit? Because what you're watching is a movie. Everything has been orchestrated, obviously. The spectators, when they become participants, that's when the movie gets real good. And this movie has been getting great. It has been becoming amazing. Amazing. They are so upset. They don't even understand why is Steve Bannon not in jail for a misdemeanor, right? For a misdemeanor. Why is he not in jail? Well, did you see Cuomo go to jail? And then that was a federal crime, not a misdemeanor. Was it? Was it a federal crime? I don't remember. Which Cuomo are we talking about? Is it Chris? Is it? Gosh darn it. We'll see. Oh, or maybe that's not out yet. Darn it. Our legal breakdown in this big new criminal case against Trump ally Steve Bannon. He got some very clearly bad legal news today while he remains defiant in public. I'm going to run through all of it with you right now. It starts with a hearing. That is all about these two criminal counts he's facing over defying Congress and the investigation into the January 6th insurrection. Now, today, there were proceedings that were not exactly the wild scene from Monday when Bannon was live streaming his arrival at the FBI field office and there were people all around. This was a virtual hearing, a, a status conference of sorts, a day after Bannon submitted formally a not guilty plea in writing. You can see the second time here because he's been a defendant before. Stephen K. Banning the signature right there, not guilty. So that legal problem. Right? How dare he say not guilty? We're all saying he's guilty. Kyle Rittenhouse was guilty. We are judge and jury. How dare he? Now, why isn't he in jail? Process continues. And then you have the news we're going to get into right now. The legal process is quite different in substance as well as some of what we're hearing in the tone and the vibes than the bravado that Bannon continues to exude outside of court in public. So even today, Amidst these mounting and serious legal troubles that could land him in jail, Bannon invited a fellow elite MAGA warrior onto his internet show. This is Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Oh, salty. We'll put this up full on the screen. And basically yeah. what you have here is Meadows on War Room. That's Bannon's. So uh, he's on War Room. It's an internet show. It's so dumb because it's on the internet. They're not mainstream. You should listen to us show and he's right now what you're seeing this is important he's talking to steve bannon here with the background making media while he is one of two wanted men in this legal investigation one man indicted that's bannon the other meadows trying to walk a line to not end up in bannon's shoes they both know it their lawyers know it and yet they carried on in this effort to avoid that topic instead dreaming about trump becoming house speaker no 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 I would love to see the gavel go from Nancy Pelosi to Donald Trump. Is you you're talking about melting Piss down? Piss People off. would go crazy. That's Meadows on the war room, and they are just talking up. Boy, what if the Republicans win back the House and use the powers there to name Trump Speaker? Which right? Like, how dare they say that? How dare they? This is a, this is a problem. We need to uh, fix this. They have internet shows. We can't have that. We're in charge, okay? We're in charge. We say what goes, not these peons that think they know. You listen to us. You know what? Oh, I can't say it. I have to say it after. But just remember, everything they talk about is available. Now, moving along, 
I wanted to tell you guys something. So I was at the airport. I'm still trying to find that damn clip. They must have removed it. Probably. I really hope somebody else saw it too. So here I am at the airport at the crack of dawn. Nothing's open. Everyone's waiting in line to get something to eat. I was starving, right? So it's 6 a.m. to get something to eat. And I go to this thing that's like Southern whatever, and I get um, scrambled eggs with cheese and some biscuits and gravy. So I take my fat ass down to a chair, and I sit down right by the television set. It's either NBC or um, CNN was on. It had volume, and then there's these two ladies next to me. Someone shared the table with me, some dude. And I'm sitting there. They're, they're like next to me but in front right so i was like second row i guess and i hear so we're getting a lot of news that we have an increase of deaths in children between the ages of five and eleven oh wow yeah conspiracy theories are going wild but we all know uh this uh new trend in strokes and heart attacks and myocarditis are due to cannabis use and climate change. And I'm like, great. I literally choke and they turn around as I choke and they're like, you okay? I'm like, hot sauce, didn't have any hot sauce, good. So they're still having this discussion on how climate change and cannabis use and children ages five to 11 is the increased cause in myocarditis, stroke and heart attacks in children. And so these two ladies, taking their mask off, eating a bite, and then placing it back on. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. This climate change is, and I'm, and I'm just watching, and I'm like, the dude that I can see in my purview say something, dude doesn't give a shit. He's just going to town on his food, fair enough. And then they're just like, yeah. So they were discussing things, and I was like, right? Six-year-olds smoking weed all of a sudden, right? And they looked at me, hmm. Yeah, well, you know, those parents shouldn't have kids. And I was like, huh, what does those parents mean? These people educated. Oh, and by the way, they had a glass of wine with them too. <laughs> wine drinkers and freaking 6 a.m., whatever, right? With their Platinum Miles tag on their stupid little Roly Toomey overpriced, you know, suitcase. I'm like, Shh. And then, so they're having a discussion while there's a discussion going on, discussion seriously hammering down on how climate change causes heart attacks and stroke and myocarditis in children. And I'm like, right, if the earth's temperature goes up one Celsius, people get myocarditis. She was like, I know, I'd love to see the science behind that. I think it's the same science that they use for COVID. And she looked at me and I was like, are you guys insane? And suddenly you hear conspiracy theorists think it's because of the vaccines now with the children. It's just a bad period of time that this research is coming out that it's cool, you know, at the same time with these vaccines. Guys, I've been looking for that freaking clip like nobody's business because I had absolutely zero connection. I kid you not, my phone is old, right? I got a new phone. I haven't had time to port stuff over. All I can say is that these people were actually in agreement with, ah, oh, shoot. I want to say it was that stupid lady. I'm pretty sure it was CNN. I don't know. Who was that crazy lady that said, they should just take the vaccine and look at all these freedoms you'll have. That bitch was on there. So it's like, I was watching this and I was thinking, well, how the heck are they trying with a straight, these people are with a straight face trying to tell people that smoking weed is a cause for stroke, heart attacks, and or myocarditis in children between the ages of 5 and 11. Like, how many times have you heard, yeah, that six-year-old totally got lit? I'm so confused.
And I couldn't believe it. Like I was just like in shock. I walked away. Um, I went to my gate and then I went to go get water and, you know, not coffee. Cause I couldn't have a cigarette for like 13 hours. I was like super jonesing. Uh, cause they decided in Atlanta to shut down the smoking sections. Like who did that? Um, but anyway, uh, I'm, I'm really pissed off. So I see this really cute, um, place that had a sale. It's called Loctane. They have like beauty products and whatnot. And I was like, Oh, let me get some stocking stuffers since they had uh, soaps on sale for my girls for Christmas. Cause you know, we're all not doing Christmas. Everything's like low, you know, boats and shit. And, um, as I was, um, in the store, uh, the lady started to talk and, um, I was like, Hey, did you hear about them saying that cannabis and climate change is the reason that children between the ages of five and 11 are getting myocarditis stroke and heart attacks? And she was like, no, nah, it's gotta be a vaccine. I was like, girl, I'll buy all the soaps that I need now. Guys, I, the whole world can see it. I was so fuming hearing that. I was just like, oh, my gosh, my gosh, this is not happening. Watching the people. And, but mind you, I flew Delta. And every single time I flown Delta, New York, Phoenix, and Atlanta, right? I get the same damn stewardess, the one that's like triple masked. Um, she's the, the, uh, I'm not going to say it, but anyway, same one. She's the one that's like super mask Nazi to everyone. Well, you know, I had my coat as a blanket cause you know, so I just had it over my head, but, um, I overheard her talking with the other Stuart, um, about vaccines. And she was like, well, I think you should get it, even though we're not enforcing it. And I was thinking, damn, is she like some brand ambassador for fire or something? She was really going hard at this dude who was super fit, by the way. I could have sworn he was like undercover marshal, like super fit. The guy was busting out of his shirt. And he was like, nah, that's fine. And he was wearing um, um the thing, not the, the, is it called the gator? He was wearing a gator, not a mask. And I was like, but there she is yelling at someone else who's not wearing a mask, but a gator. It was so weird. Anyway, it's it felt like she was like a brand ambassador because apparently Delta's not enforcing it. And she was like, you should get it. Like, and he was like, I'm okay with like domestic travel and stuff. So it's all good. The conversation was really weird. And speaking of the conversation in regards to um, <laughs> vaccines, I noticed that in the state of Ohio, DeWine again decided to deploy a uh, lottery for children again. This time, you're going to win all this money. It's going to be fantastic. But the thing is, he didn't put any exclusions. And why do I say this? You know, you're, um, when you conduct a lot, when you go and buy a scratch off, right? There's fine print on it that says that you won't be eligible for the prize money if you're related to anyone that works for the lottery of your state, right? If anyone is related to you or you work for the lottery system or anything like that, uh, you're not eligible. Well, that would mean that anyone in the Mayfield school district 
would be excluded from this lottery. Did they put that exclusion on there? Because, you know, that would be fraud if they didn't, because the guy that sits on the school board is actually an employee of the Ohio lottery system, actually products of the lottery, making it so that anyone in that school district should be excluded. I mean, that's why the one lottery ticket that was won was won by the Mayfield School District, right? So now with this lottery, that school district should be excluded and it should be stated. So um, maybe I might just add another lawsuit myself and say that DeWine is advertising that Mayfield School District students, just like my kid, would be eligible, but it's a lie because the person who sits on the board is part of the Ohio lottery system and you didn't say anything Uh, because there should be exclusions for everyone to read, right? There's no exclusion stated that if you're in the Mayfield school district, you're not allowed to participate in the lottery. So, I mean, those are legal rules that you can't really change. Uh, The Ohio lottery goes everywhere. And since this lottery to win is placed is being conducted by the Ohio lottery, that means that anyone in the Mayfield school district is not eligible for it. So I think the parents that are thinking that their kid could win, right, um, should know this. So that way they're not tempted to. Um, In other news, before we switch gears and get into gun censorship and Rittenhouse, um, I want to say what you guys have done with join the suit is incredible. Next week, a lawsuit is being filed in the Supreme court. The people will be hurt. We need the attorney generals of our state to join it. California turned up, Arizona turned up, West Virginia turned up, Arizona, California, Washington, West Virginia, and Ohio. We need pictures, video. Here's a video from West Virginia. So I I loved it so much. It's so amazing just watching them. Hold on. Here we go. West Virginia is doing some patriotic shit. Look at them. And then Ohio was lucky enough to get this done. Ghost office. Take a look at that. All day long. They got it in the air. Airplanes putting out the message, join the suit. All of us should be sending those letters from the website, Operation Join the Suit. Send it, email it, fax it, phone it in. Just call up your AGs off and say, I want to leave a message. My name is XYZ. I'm a constituent and I want my attorney general to join the suit. That's it. Pretty much simply done. My voice is echoing. Really? I don't know why I got going. I'm sorry. So mail it, mail it, accent, and call them to make record of your call. Why are people saying they got an echo? I don't have anything going on here. Could be the connection. Okay, audio is fine. Okay. Now, cancel culture. CNN is now saying why it's time to cancel cancel culture. They're realizing that what they've done is taking them out. Sorry, you're too far in right now. Get that done. And that's going to be an interesting segment for you guys to watch. I don't know why I garbled. Here we go. 
Cancelling Cancel Culture. I'm Michael Smirconish, live this week from San Francisco. You know, one of my books came out in 2006. It was called Muzzle. I just saw that the paperback edition, still available at Amazon for a whopping dollars and eighty cents. The book was about political correctness. You could say I was ahead of the curve. A PC on wild, Twitter, hilarious, horrifying, and unbelievably true. Each chapter was a self-contained story. I have to say, some of them stand the test of time, others do not. The guy who tried to stop ladies' nights at bars because he said they discriminate against men, I said ridiculous then and still believe it. The volunteer military honor guardsman who was told to stop saying God bless you to families as he presented an American flag graveside. Wonderful guy. But maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was a church state issue. When conservatives began rallying to the PC cause, I kind of backed off. It made all these stories seem partisan, which was never my motivation. What was then PC has morphed into cancel culture. The conservatives, they own this ground. These stories, they get lots of play on Fox. Why? Because they make for good TV and they fire people up. But I think it's important that all audience correct and to cancel can add up to an overreach. The sort of issues that piss people off and are easy to remember when they close the voting booth curtain. Example, last week, I had the Native American second year Yale law student who was browbeaten by administrators after he invited classmates to a party at a quote unquote trap house featuring Popeye's chicken. The online reaction here on CNN was nearly 100% against him and me for putting him on air. Racist dog whistles. You were played like a violin. You felt for it. In other words, shame on me for not canceling him too. Here's another of these stories which popped this week. The uproar over the Art Institute of Chicago letting go of all 82 volunteer docents because they lack diversity. The docents who were predominantly white, female, and wealthy and had an average of 15 years of experience, they all received an email from the museum's executive director of learning and engagement, Veronica Stein, which explained, quote, as a civic institution, we acknowledge our responsibility to rebuild the volunteer educator program in a way that allows community members of all income levels to participate, responds to issues of class and income equity, and does not require financial flexibility to participate. The Wall Street Journal quickly pounced, declaring, the museum appears to be in the grips of a self-defeating overcorrection. It has adopted the language of diversity, inclusion, and equity so completely that it was willing to fire the same upper-middle-class volunteers that it relies on for charitable donations. In other words, the blue hairs are out as tour guides, notwithstanding that they spend 18 months getting trained and they don't even get paid. The diversity issue also somewhat bizarrely led to the resignation of the head of the UC Berkeley Atmospheric Center. Physicist David Romps, who was unhappy when a colleague from another university, Dorian Abbott, you'll meet him in a moment, was not invited to give a lecture about climate change because he's voiced opposition to diversity, equity, and inclusion programs and had been already canceled by the Twitter mob from speaking at MIT. Of course, the biggest recent story in cancel culture war is the blow-up over Dave Chappelle's Netflix special, The Closer. Chappelle provocatively wrestles with his attitudes about the trans community and others and with people's reactions to him. Is it PC? No, purposely not. His brand is being anti-woke. He clearly is trying to get a reaction. But also for those who stick around to the end, he surprises us with a tender story about a trans friend, a friend who died the way he presents it. The Twitter PC mob was partly to blame. Does that absolve him for every phobic joke? Of course not. Does it make you think? I hope so. Should his show be withdrawn? Not in my opinion. To me, that demand speaks to the death of nuance. America needs to have difficult conversations, not extinguish them altogether. 
of Chappelle, Peggy Noonan in the Wall Street Journal said this, in truth, some people are probably too big to cancel. Mr. Chappelle is one, J.K. Rowling is another, but standing firm helps those who aren't too big, who know, for instance, they'd be sacrificed by their employer in a nanosecond if trouble starts and the Twitter mob comes. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not providing cover for the haters on either side. I think there needs to be middle ground for people somewhere in between the extremes. But that space keeps getting uncomfortably more narrow. And don't overlook the political cost to the censors. The next time the left is going to browbeat a Yale student over a party invite, or cancel a speech at MIT, or get rid of the pearl-wearing volunteers at a museum, or take down a statue of Thomas Jefferson, they might want to think twice. Because the accumulated weight of all of these stories becomes a great political motivator for the right. Which leads me to this week's survey question at Smirconish.com. Which political party benefits from all this, from all this cancel culture and the disputes? Is it the Republicans or Democrats? Go answer. I'll give you the result later. Now to the Berkeley story, which involves personal politics overshadowing scientific work. Head of the Berkeley Atmospheric Sciences Center, David Romps, is stepping down from that position because the university refused his choice of guest speaker on climate science because of the speaker's political views. In a series of tweets, Romps explained his resignation. He said, quote, it became unclear to me whether we could invite that scientist ever again, let alone now. Excluding people because of their political and social views diminishes the pool of scientists with which members of BASC can interact and reduces the opportunities for learning and collaboration. More broadly, such exclusion signals that some opinions, even well-intentioned ones, are forbidden, thereby increasing self-censorship, degrading public discourse, and contributing to our nation's political balkanization. The guest geophysicist University Chicago professor Dorian Abbott had previously been disinvited from speaking at MIT following complaints Last year, Abbott posted several videos on YouTube criticizing the destruction caused by rioting in Chicago in the wake of the George Floyd murder and criticizing academia for equity programs. Then in August, he co-wrote an opinion piece for Newsweek that argued, quote, the words diversity, equity, and inclusion sound just and are often supported by well-intentioned people, but their effects are the opposite of noble sentiments. Most importantly, equity does not mean fair and equal treatment. DEI seeks to increase the representation of some groups through discrimination against members of other groups. The article proposes an alternative framework in which applicants are evaluated solely based on merit and qualification. Dorian Abbott joins me now. He's an associate professor at the University of Chicago's Department of Geophysical Sciences. Dr. Abbott, thanks for being here. You say all of that which I'm describing is not a partisan issue, but it sure feels that way. How come? Well, it's really, it's not a right-left issue. It's an authoritarianism versus free society issue. So all Americans, both Democrats and Republicans, who support the free society should be in support of academic freedom and opposed to cancel culture. You, you are a climate scientist. You were invited to give a speech at MIT. You were disinvited, but having nothing to do with your opinions on climate science. How am I doing so far? Yeah, you're doing, you're doing exactly right. The speech... In particular, it was on applying climate science to planets orbiting different stars and seeing which ones could be Earth-like and have life on them. 
So people who are watching this are wondering, well, what, what did he do? What did he say? Let, let me put up a slide on the screen that came from one of your YouTube presentations in which you said yeah. this. The way Harvard treats Asian Americans reminds me of Jewish quotas from my grandfather's day, and it makes me feel really icky. I can't help thinking of hardworking kids from poor immigrant families who aren't getting to live out their dreams. Explain. Yeah, I mean, so if you uh, read Arch Archie Diakono's study in the Harvard lawsuit, you'll see that uh, most of the discrimination that's going on is against Asian people. And uh, I don't see them as a privileged group, and it makes me very uncomfortable that they're getting the brunt of this. If you'd gotten to MIT, did you intend to get into this subject area? No, of course not. Uh, this was never going to come up during my visit at MIT. From Newsweek, let me put something else on the screen. It entails treating people as members of a group rather than as individuals, repeating the mistake that made possible the atrocities of the 20th century, et cetera, et cetera. Explain. Yeah, so uh, viewing human beings as members of a group rather than as individuals worthy of inherent dignity has a very terrible history in this country and in other countries. And I don't think we should be uh, repeating that history. So that was on CNN. What did I tell you guys on the day of the election? What did we say? I said that CNN will be doing a more stellar job. It is to the point where they can't hide the truth anymore. They do a lot of this crazy stuff, like convincing people that climate change is going to increase blood clots <laughs> and all that. But sometimes you just can't hide the truth. And this is one of those sometimes. So uh, we're going to go for a quick intermission before we shift gears and talk guns, Kyle Rittenhouse, and um, censoring people for guns. Okay. So I'll see you guys in just a bit. Don't go, don't, what was I going to say? Go fill up your coffee cups and let's get to it. I have climbed highest mountain. I have run through the fields only to be with you. Only Welcome back. So we're going to talk guns. We're going to talk 
Paul Gosser. We're going to talk Rittenhouse. But before we do, I want to remind you how I've told you that the only thing they fear is the people. People is power. If you look at your size, who can even say that you are the minority? They know this. This is why they went to great lengths to ensure that you would sit back and eat some popcorn and watch the show on your own, of course. <laughs> but that's not how it works. That is not how it works. You can either be a spectator or a participant. You can't be both at the same time. I mean, you can watch, but you're the one doing. You're not just simply watching now, are you? Anyone who is actually waking you up, anyone who is actually giving you the reins of power must be silenced. They must not be allowed to speak ever because you take their power away. They don't want their power to be taken away. They need you to be asleep. And that's what sucks most. But now they're starting to get it. You know, the majority of those that want you to be asleep are the people that you actually think are working for you. See, it was that conversation. Tori, don't be silly. We can't have people electing their leaders. That would be chaos. All think like that because they know just how weak man is. But yes, they know how weak man is with no knowledge with no understanding, with fabricated misinformation, disinformation. There's two different things, misinformation and disinformation. Anyone who is in a position of any power at any time will say, your manager can't have you picking your shifts amongst each other because you all are opportunists. They'll be like, nah, man, I want to work the weekend. You take it. Suddenly you have no coverage for the weekend. You see how that works? Just on a simple level. And this is why they just don't understand what we've done. We, the people, have done. How did you do this, Tori? I didn't do anything. I gave them the truth, and I gave them knowledge. Well, how do you have them do stuff? They don't do shit they don't want to do. I don't tell them to do anything. And they won't do anything that I won't do. You don't tell people turn up and not turn up. You don't tell people file this shit, not file this shit. We don't need leaders anymore because we are leaders. And the only way we have an organized and functional society is with people being educated correctly. I don't know how many of you read Tucker St. George's book, but you should. Because you'll realize in hands of that woman, the ink was still not dry and they were already deciding how to dismantle what they just signed. No one in the United States of America is a subject. No one in the United States of America is any less important than another. No one. They fear you. I've told you that before. 
President Trump said, they're not after me, they're after you because they fear you. And I saw this TikTok and I'm like, it's about time, it's about time. Take a watch. We've been talking about that for a while, haven't we? How, how terrified they are of you realizing just how important you are. I put this up and I meant it. How are you the underdog? The minute you stood up, they not only sit down, they run. And the faster we get together and organize in this revolutionary movement... The faster this is over, I already told you what the storm is. And that's standing together, organizing the revolutionary movement. And that is exactly what you're doing. You are not trying to avoid being slaves. You are not trying to avoid bending the knee. You're already on your face. There's no worse that can happen. They've just done it in micro doses. They have stripped every one of your rights one by one while you were picking out backsplash. You are already part of their system. I walked you through that. They planned it. They created the foundation. Before Obamacare was deployed, they deployed a global initiative to put all your DNA and medical records in the cloud. So it's for your safety, of course. So that way, if you go to Mexico on vacation and have an accident, they can just look you up on the system and pull all your information. It's for your choice to make you feel great and safe. And then Obamacare comes in and then you don't read it. You believe it's because everyone needs health care. This is helping everyone have that work out for you. Your premiums used to be $250 a month with gold coverage PPO. Now you can pay $250 a month to have the shittiest coverage with a deductible that's like 12 grand. But Obamacare didn't just do that. It took away your rights to medical privacy. Oh, HIPAA. Have you read HIPAA? Any federally approved third parties, which according to Obamacare is your auto insurance, your employer, health insurance, life insurance, your telephone company, your anything company has access to your medical records. Read that shit. So bottom line is not only are you Obamacare was deployed, but you'd be fined if you didn't have health insurance because you're not on the system and you're not doing what they say. This is why the government deployed a website. And though many of us were killing that website so we can die on its face, they still put it through because everyone was mesmerized with words. The media 
Hollywood, music industry, everyone you look up to. Oh my God, yay, so great. Look at Kim Kardashian. I love her. Look at this, look at that. And suddenly you're fucked. You're on your knees. You're eating dirt right now and you can't do shit. They stole those elections. They took away your rights. And just like I said in 2018, you were going to lock yourself in your house, shoot yourself in the foot and say thank you. And this is exactly where you're at. You're wearing masks like every little slave across the centuries. The way they censored slaves was with a mask. Why? To gag them, to not let them speak. A lot of people, you know, say, oh, Tori, you don't, you know, you don't go here and you're not talking to this person and that person. And look, they have this guest. And I'm like, yeah, I eat dinner with those people. I don't need to tell. I don't need anybody's coattails. Neither do you. You're your own fucking coattails. We don't need any coattails to ride on. We are the coattails. Every one of us individually are the coattails. Because I, I remember when I was like, you guys have done a disservice to American people. Losers would send me pictures of them posing with people I have dinner with. I'm like, dang, you didn't do this. Uh, see, that's the thing. People don't get it. You don't need anybody. You need to trust your gut. Like I said, the Second Amendment is second for a reason. It's to protect the first. They're coming for your guns. I told you they were coming. And they tried it with Kyle Rittenhouse. They really did. But oh boy, look at all that drone footage. Oh boy, you wanted that camera, lights, and action. Let's go. Thanks, Ray. Because that stuff wouldn't have been out. Calling about false flags? Well, there's a predecessor to false flags. We're going to talk about that. See, you're talking the language of people that don't know. You want to be in the know? You need knowledge. So that'll be the show on Monday. That will be the show on Monday, where you're going to learn exactly what the terms are, because when you're baffling off false flag event, false flag, nee, 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 do you know what comes before a false flag? The script writers. But, you know, by Christmas day, you'll have completed a full 12-day course on understanding how those predecessor to the false flags actually work. You're going to understand how they mind fucked you and your family. You will understand why <laughs> the television is a tell lie, tells you a lie, so you can visualize it. The minute you turn that off, it's all good. And I know, you know, from 2020, when I, when I told you, they're going to tell you who's president. They already told you who's president. You're just not listening. So many people hated me. How dare you, Tory, say he's going to lose? No, he's going to win by a landslide, by a landslide. But he's not going to be acknowledged because they said so. Because they said so. So what happened? Let's talk about um, uh, issues. So the House censored. Paul Gossel of Arizona, of course. I mean, why wouldn't they, right? Paul Gossel has to shut up because this is what has to happen. He's talking too much. He needs to keep his mouth shut. He put a violent video of Ocasio-Cortez. This is the problem. Did you guys see that? Silencing. Did you guys see that? Did you guys know about that? It's pretty interesting. Second Amendment, Kyle Rittenhouse, 
you know, while they were deliberating, all oh, this was going on, we need to shut them up. <laughs> and they can. Yet a lot of people thought that the January 6th committee was somewhere to go and talk to. I need to go to the January 6th committee and tell them the truth. They don't fucking want the truth. Well, you could go there and tell them the truth. Nobody cares. No one's going to listen. They're going to tune that out. CNN won't play it. Fox won't play it. Nobody gives a fuck because these people own the place. Until you realize that you are actually on the plantation and you've been on that plantation since birth, you're not going to wake up. Here is where your story begins. I did tell you a couple weeks ago, don't remember which one, but it was sometime in November that I said, I got to change the way time moves right now. We need to end this month on a very slow fucking note. We need to put those concrete boots on time. Have you noticed how slow this month has now been going since then? This, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Take your time and savor this because it's about to get real ugly. This characterization accusations from many in this body that the cartoon from my office is dangerous or threatening. It was not. And I reject the false narrative categorically. I do not espouse violence towards anyone. I never have. It was not my purpose to make anyone upset. I voluntarily took the cartoon down, not because it was itself a threat, but because some thought it was. Out of compassion for those who generally felt offense, I self-censored. Last week, my staff posted a video depicting a policy battle regarding amnesty for tens of millions of illegal aliens. This was an enemy that speaks to young voters who are too often overlooked. Even Twitter, the left's mouthpiece, did not remove the cartoon, noting it was in the public's interest for it to remain. The cartoon directly contributes to the understanding and the discussion of the real-life battle resulting from this administration's open border policies. This body is considering passage of Mr. Biden's reckless socialist Marxist $4.9 trillion spending bill that provides $100 billion for amnesty to tens of millions of illegal aliens already in this country. This is what the left doesn't want the American people to know. Our country is suffering from the plague of illegal immigration. I don't stop pointing this out, nor will I. Millions of illegal aliens, drugs, and human traffickers are being led in and moved around our country in the dead of night, all condoned by this administration. For this cartoon, some in, car in Congress suggest I should be punished. I have said decisively, there is no threat in the cartoon other than the threat to immig the immigration poses to our country. And no threat was intended by my staff or me. The American people deserve to have their voices heard in Congress. No matter how much the left tries to quiet me, I will continue to speak out against amnesty for illegal aliens, defend the rule of law, and advance the American first agenda. Just if I must join Alexander recognized 30 seconds. If I must join Alexander Hamilton, the first person attempted to be censored by this House, so be it. It is done. Madam Speaker, I yield back. Gentleman from Florida. Uh, Madam Speaker, I'm pleased to yield three minutes to the author of this resolution, uh, the gentlelady from California. Gentlelady is recognized for three minutes. Thank you, Madam Speaker, and I thank um, my colleague for giving me this time. I take no pleasure in introducing this resolution. No one asked me to introduce it. No one tapped me on the shoulder. I am a victim of violence. I know what it's like. 
I also was in the gallery clamoring for life when the shots rang out in the speaker's lobby. We're here today because a sitting member thought it was okay, okay to post a deranged animated video of himself killing a fellow member of this house and also attacking the president of the United States. That video has been seen by three million people. It was up for over two days before it was taken down. Inciting violence begets violence. Congressman Ocasio-Cortez has become the go-to subject of the radical right to stir up their base. As too often is the case for women of color. It is disgusting and profoundly unacceptable. Tragically, the minority leader has not condemned the video. For eight days, he said nothing. Silence speaks volumes. Silence normalizes violence. Violence against women in politics is a global phenomenon. A 2016 survey by the Interparliamentary Union found that 82% of women parliamentarians have experienced psychological violence, and 44% have received threats of death, rape, beatings, or abduction. The intent of these online threats against women is clear. Silence them, strip them of their power, and discourage them from running for office. The congressman defends his post, published with House resources and posted on his official Twitter and Instagram accounts. It didn't stop there. He sent an email to supporters that weekend stating that the faux outrage was infantile. This is not faux outrage. This is not infantile. And then he went on to say the accusations are shrill and hyperventilating. You know what we need? We need to start making memes of, of her. Definitely. We need to make cartoon memes of her now. That's what we need, right? And we should just keep doing it for all women. And it should come from me. I'm a woman. I'll put it. Let's all do the memes on them. You know, Ocasio-Cortez, who wasn't even in the building, but she got PTSD from January 6th, remember? She wasn't even there, too. <laughs> she gets, like, telepathic PTSD from other people's happenings. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to glean that this is gender-coded language. The congressman shows no remorse. In fact, yesterday, the congressman said, I did not apologize. 23 members of the House in the history of this country have been censored for actions including insulting the speaker or using unparliamentary language. Certainly, conduct by a member depicting murdering another member of House deserves censure. Let me be clear. If a Democrat did the same thing, I would introduce the same resolution. With that, I yield. Did she do anything like that for Jihadi um, Omar? No. Because I totally have a cartoon of Jihadi Omar, you know, with Madonna doing what Madonna wanted, right? Jen Lady from Indiana. Madam Speaker, I'm pleased to yield one minute to the gentleman from Indiana, Mr. Baird. Gentleman's recognized for one minute. Thank, thank you, uh, Madam Speaker, and uh, thank you, uh, the lady from Indiana. Madam Speaker, you know, today I rise 
in the light of recent events, and I can no longer feel like I can stay silent. The hypocrisy of this body, considering the censuring and stripping of committee assignments of Representative Gosar, is illustrative of the inability of this body to effectively legislate. It demonstrates why many Americans have lost all confidence in our ability to be and provide effective leadership. I have found Mr. Paul Gosar to be an honorable and effective legislator, and I have found him to care deeply for his colleagues and America. I yield back. Gentleman from Florida. Uh, Madam Speaker, I yield one minute uh, to the gentleman from Rhode Island. Gentleman is recognized for one minute. I thank the gentleman for yielding, and I thank the majority leader. I rise in strong oh support God, of the central why resolution. Is he still there? I watched this video, and I was sickened when I saw was Mr. Gosar depicting the killing of another member of this body. You know, we should show him all the snuff videos they like to watch. And brandishing swords at the president of the United States. This kind of rhetoric is not just unfitting of a U.S. representative. It's dangerous, and it can be deadly. As we saw on January 6th, and in 2011 when an individual shot then-Congresswoman Gabby Giffords after Sarah Palin sent out a video with shooting targets on various congressional districts, including Gabby's. Wait, but what about the beheaded Trump that they all loved and said it's art? Guys, I know what we'll do. Oh, my God, I have a great idea. Send me your cartoons of all of them doing violent things. Send it to me. Send it to my admins. Any nice cartoon you guys can do, we'll freaking NFT that shit on my blockchain. We'll have it there forever. Every single one of them in their evil little strut. Pick, take your pick of congressmen. Take your pick of fucking senators. You do that shit. They said nothing when they had a beheaded president. They said it was art, so let's give them fucking art. Let's create our own art gallery. We'll call it art. <laughs> how creative or it could be art or hunters hunted art that sounds better maybe we should do that and if your nft sells i'll send you the crypto no big deal let's put it on there i'm a woman i have no problem no problem whatsoever <laughs> Because she was a woman. Well, this little bitch here talking now from Rhode Island. Cicilline's a little woman. But again, they beg to forget all the snuff videos they watch. This is not a joke. This is not about politics. It's about safety. While healthy debate on the issues, on different policy issues is important, it's what keeps our democracy alive. This is not that. We cannot allow members to encourage and incite violence, period. And Mr. Gosar... You are no Alexander Hamilton. You must be held accountable. I yield back. So you have to ask yourself, why did they get so their panties in a twist? Like, why did they do that? I want you guys to hear what um, McCarthy had to say about the censorship. And then you'll understand why they did that during the Rittenhouse trial. Why did they do that? Speaker. It's an old definition of abuse of power. Rules for thee, but not for me. That's exactly what's happening here today. House Democrats are preparing once again 
to break another president of the United States House of Representatives. It's an open secret that the American people are facing substantial challenges today. Many of these challenges are Washington-inflicted of one-party rule caused by a Biden administration incompetence and radicalism. Absolute chaos on the southern border. Out-of-control crime. Record-breaking gas prices and inflation. A broken supply chain. A historic labor shortage. A failing education system. And of course, the humiliating surrender in Afghanistan. Will this Congress be remembered as a Congress that addressed those serious challenges? Not a chance. Instead, I believe this Congress will go down in history as the broken Congress. For nearly four years, as the House Republicans have been voicing the needs of millions of Americans, House Democrats have broken nearly every rule and standard in order to silence dissident and stack the deck for their radical, unpopular agenda. They broke the motion to recommit, first time in the history of Congress. They broke impeachment, not once, but twice. They broke in-person voting and replaced it with proxy voting, the first time in history. And they broke the minority's right to appoint members of its own choosing to committees. The Speaker is burning down the House on her way out the door. What's worse, we got to this point on the basis of a double standard. Democrats want to change the rules but refuse to apply them to their own caucus. I listened to the Speaker talk about the highest standards. Madam Speaker, when a Democratic chairwoman flew to Minneapolis and told an angry crowd during a trial to stay on the streets, get more active, get more confrontational, we've got to make sure they know we mean business. That high standard, the Democrats refused to take action. The trial judge actually singled her out on her comments on an ongoing basis, which he said could become an issue on appeal. But this wasn't the first time. No. This is three times. At a rally in Los Angeles, that same chairwoman, she told a mob, if you see anyone from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them that they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. She later defended that comment in another speech in L.A., saying the same chairwoman of the high standards. I did not threaten Trump, constituents, and supporters. I do that all the time. But I didn't do it that time. This side of the aisle didn't ask that chairwoman to lose her committee. We simply asked for an apology. Meanwhile, that high standard with Speaker Pelosi and Leader Hoyer Defended her. When asked about her Minneapolis comments, Leader Hoyer described her as passionate. She believes in her issues. She believes she should get in your faces. And Speaker Pelosi? Oh, what did she do with that high standard? She compared her comments in Minneapolis to Dr. King's civil rights movement. You see? 
Why would they do that? Rules for thee, but not for me. Just this month, the dossier's principal source was arrested by a special counsel Durham for lying to the FBI. Think about everything that dossier put this country through for two years based on fabricated evidence. The infringements of due process, the spying on the presidential campaign, and of course, the $32 million spent by hard-earned working taxpayers for a Mueller investigation. And yet, the Democratic chairman says, I don't regret it. Why? Rules for thee, but not for me. When the Speaker of the House, on this very floor, engaged in personalities, the floor shut down for three hours because no one wanted to take to the top. Her entire caucus that believed in the higher standard voted to keep her words in the record rather than strike them down. Why? Rules for thee, but not for me. The speaker said, I stand by my statement. I'm proud of the attention that's being called to it. Never happened before in the history of this body. Why? Because it's a broken Congress that believes in rules for thee, but not for me. This is part of a larger pattern. When a congressman on the Intelligence Committee was targeted by a suspected Chinese Communist Party agent for years, the Democrats kept him on the committee. Why? Rules for thee, but not for me. When a Democrat congresswoman said, Israel was hypnotized the world. That supporting Israel is all about the Benjamins. And that 9-11 was, some people did something. The Democrats actually defended her. Why? Rules for thee, but not for me. When a member of the Democratic leadership tweeted a week ago, lock up Kyle Rottenhouse and throw away the key. In an attempt to sway an ongoing trial, the Democrats said nothing. Why? Rules for thee, but not for me. Let me be clear. I do not condone violence. And Representative Gozar had echoed that sentiment. The video was deleted. But Democrats won't listen because they will do anything to distract from the failures of one-party rule in one year destroying a nation. For Democrats, this vote isn't about a video. It's about control. That's the one and only thing Democrats are interested in. Not condemning violence, not protecting the institution, not decorum or decency, just control. The Democrats want control, and they don't care about the consequences. They're destroying this institution, silencing the minority, and therefore silencing millions of Americans. When I talked to Democrat leadership, when they told me what they wanted to do, I asked a simple question. Have you seen the video? No, haven't seen it. But they knew exactly what they wanted to do. It's interesting. Without even watching, they decide the punishment. Why? No need. Rules for thee, but not for me. What they have started cannot be easily undone. Their actions today and the past have forever changed the way the House operates. It means that the minority rights that have served this body as well are the things of the past.
And furthermore, it means that under the Pelosi president, all the members that I have mentioned earlier will need the approval of a majority to keep those positions in the future. What was interesting is it's not just the speaker that's making those decisions. When the chairwoman incited those ideas three times, everyone in the Democratic Party had ability to vote what they thought. Because of those high standards, they all voted to table. They all voted to table, not to remove this chairwoman from committee, to ask for an apology. Why? Because you all believe in rules for thee, but not for me. That legacy is a real culmination of Speaker Pelosi's career. Make no mistake, the House is weaker, more partisan, and more self-focused today than when Speaker Pelosi became Speaker less than four years ago. Future Congress will suffer for it. More importantly, the American people have needlessly suffered because of it. They won't soon forget it. It's about control. It's not about a standard that everybody lives by. It's a standard you enforce on one, but not upon yourself. You encourage your own side to engage further. You all took a vote to table. It'd be interesting to see if your leadership hasn't watched the video. How many of you who vote today have watched it? <laughs> when it was requested, I contacted the member. He took the video down. He put a statement that he does not believe in violence to anyone. But you see, when others on the other side of the aisle incite violence, it's okay. It's all about control. All about control. They need to control the narrative. Think about it for a second. They support the minorities. It's not a bad thing. But in actual fact, it's to save their ass because they are the minority. Are you understanding it? They're just loud. Very loud. Now, let me tell you why they actually censored him. Aside from grandstanding to say, how dare you go against us? Watch what happens. He has been writing letters and he's been supporting over 11 and a half million people that have been put on red flag lists and cannot own a weapon. He has been going after them for going after the Second Amendment. This is why they censured Paul Gossip. He is going after them. He is pushing back to ask why all these people are being put on a red flag list and cannot buy a weapon. Now, he just started doing that a week ago. But do you remember when time was going really, really fast? Where did I go and what did I buy? Because I wanted to test what? What did I want to test? Do you guys remember? See, anything I do is for a reason. Exactly. I walked across the street and said, you know, let me see. And then they're like, yeah, we'll call you. And guess what? They called me and I picked it up. I wanted a check. I wanted a check because I knew I have no misdemeanors. I have no felonies. Never did, right? I had a, a what is it called? A site. Well, I could have had a misdemeanor, but it was actually a criminal traffic violation for throwing a cigarette out of a car. Was it throwing burning materials out of a vehicle? That's it. 
So I did that. Why? To check in. Why? Because I knew it would be important. And Paul Gossard has been on this. Why are all these people with weird political views not allowed to guns? What is going on? What list are they on? What are they doing? How are they doing this? Why are they doing this? This is why they censored him. Not about some stupid cartoon. They just use that as an excuse. Because I think we need to start our own cartoon thing. Uh, We need one for every rep, every senator, every single one. Everyone's fair game. There's no, I like this person. Fucking cartoon them. Even if you like them. Cartoon them with whatever you know them to be. Because we need that. I wonder if he actually had a painting of Joe Biden's head bleeding. And we call that art. What do you think is going to happen then if we have art like that? Hmm? Let's see. what we'll, we'll have our own online blockchain gallery of cartoons depicting each and every one of them. What are they going to say? It's um, violent. We should put up, you know, that artwork of inspired by the artwork that... You know, Kathy Griffin had, we were inspired by her work. Oh my God, who said that? I actually thought of those cards. I just saw that fly by. I'm like, is someone in my head? No. We're resonating on the right frequency. That's the next project for whoever said that. I'm game. Um, I was actually, I wrote that down like an hour ago. I, I, I love Yes, I love that we're all on the same page. Those are actually copywritten. I tried to get um, Garbage Pail Kids done a year ago, but I couldn't because they would um, come back to you and ask you for rights. So um, I'm already looking into the alternate. But we can all do our own cartoons. And there you go. There you have it. Oh, and you want to see how that vote of censorship came? Well, obviously they have majority. But what's funny is two Republicans also said yes. One said present, didn't even vote, pussy. And not voting was three of them. Who are the two that said yes, the one that said present, and the three not vote? We need those six people, please. We need their names. Yeah, take a look. Who are they? Who was it? On this vote, the yeas are 223 and the nays are 207 with one answering present. The resolution is adopted, and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The House will be in order. Will Representative Gosar present himself in the well? By its adoption of House Resolution 789, the House has resolved that Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona be censured. That Representative Paul Gosar forthwith present himself in the well of the House with a pronouncement of censure. That represent Paul Gosar be censured with the public reading of this resolution by the speaker. And that Representative Paul Gosar be and is hereby removed from the Committee on Natural Resources and the Committee on Oversight and Reform. That's it. She read her script. That was it. You're finished. You're out. See ya. Now, Rittenhouse. Who's found not guilty? Not guilty verdict. Afternoon. It's been a long day. It's been a long three weeks. Very happy with the verdict. We're happy that the jury took the time, put in an incredible amount of effort. Um, there were times we doubted the case. There were times we were confident. And to say that we were relieved would be 
a gross misunderstatement. And Kyle is not here. He's on his way home. He wants to get on with his life. Um, he has a huge sense of relief for what the jury did to him today. Um, he wishes none of this would have ever happened. But as he said when he testified, he did not start this. And we're thankful in more ways than one that the jury finally got to hear the true story. And when I say the media, I'm talking about social media and things like that. The story that came out from the beginning was not the true story. And that was something that we had to work to overcome in court. Um, we think we did that. And you know what's so incredible? Oh, that he's going to own everybody ass, everybody's ass. Oh, that um, congressperson that sent out that tweet that he should go to jail. I believe that it would be kind of um, interesting to see if they get kicked off because they're a representative and, you know, meddled with his uh, case. Uh, Jen Psaki didn't have a lot to say on Joe Biden's comments about Rittenhouse. It's quite fascinating. We should take a listen to this. Just something tied to an ongoing court case. Why did President Biden suggest that Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Kenosha is a white supremacist? So, Peter, what I, I'm not going to speak to right now is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, what I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We should have corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. Wait a minute. Did she just double down? I want to hear that again. I'm sorry. Let's just go back to her response to what she said. I'm so sorry. Almost heard her down. So, Peter, what I, I'm not going to speak to right now is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, what I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our community. So she's now saying that um, Kyle Rittenhouse is a vigilante. With assault weapons, we shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. Oh, wait. Um, you mean the Black Lives Matter people? We, oh, holy, I'm so confused. Sunrise Movement? Which one are you talking about? Hmm. Anywhere in the country. No closing arguments in this particular case, which I'm not speaking to. I'm just making broad comments about his own view. Um, there's an ongoing trial. We're awaiting a verdict. Beyond that, I'm not going to speak to any individuals or this case. But the president has spoken to it already. And his mom now, Kyle Rittenhouse's mom came out saying that the president defamed her son. And it claims, uh, she claims that when the president suggested her son is a white supremacist, he was doing that to win votes. Is that what happened? I just have nothing more to speak to in ongoing. pretty um a video that i just wanted to kind of speed play before i get to uh biden eating some crow the biden administration must eat some crow at some point right and they have but before we get to that let's see what all these uh rainbow coalitions are doing 
um, <laughs> you know, Sunrise Matter, sun, Sunrise Movement, Rainbow Coalition. They already, I posted their signal chat, so you can all join if you like. I'll keep sharing them so you can all go and join every single time on their discords. You should all join. Everybody should go in there hating white people. They'll let you in. They'll check you. Make sure you have a good bonafide fake ass profile. Justin Blake, Justin, I, I know that this is not the moment that you expected or hoped to see, but what what's your reaction for our audience back in Chicago who is hearing this and to the larger community here in Kenosha? What do you want them to know? Assalamu alaikum family. How's everybody doing this afternoon? Everybody, please take a deep breath. What we saw here was a terrible, tragic injustice. These young men were trying to support my nephew, Jacob Blake, who was shot in the street seven times in the back in front of their children. And Anthony was his friend. It almost tore his heart out. He thought by coming out to peacefully protest was the way to handle things. Until police officers fired uh, rubber bullets at him in this field that we're standing in, which pushed them into Sheridan Avenue and on into the militia. The mayor, the police chief, the people who are running the army have blood on their hands today. This isn't just an attack on African-Americans. I keep saying that. We're thing on January 6th down at the White, uh, up in D.C. This is an attack on our diplomacy, on our uh, uh, democracy. So you can sit back and say it's not your people and it's not us and let the first domino fall. But this is a direct attack on our democracy and republic that we live in. I think a lot of people are concerned about what happens now. What would your message be to the young people of this community going forward as they react to this verdict? Yeah, well, I'm not going to sing no uh, violin song and say be peaceful. I want everybody to try to be as peaceful as they can. Okay, so we need to change this to a vagina brigade uh, recycling instead of the recycling thing. We need to superimpose the pussy hat, you know, things. Maybe it should say, he grabbed me by my vagina, vagina. And maybe we should endorse him with CAA right here, or maybe on his forehead, you know? Listen to him, script. But as Martin Luther King said, there's a check out there that's overdue for African-Americans. We made this country the greatest country in the world for 300, 400 years of free slavery. We need ours like yesterday. We need that check cast. We need it brought to our people and cash. This president, Biden and Harris sold out our family sold out the Floyds and sold out Bianca Austin and the Taylor family. They said they were gonna do things to square up what was going on in the African-American community and have not. So juries like this will continue to happen until the president that we changed this state from a red state to a blue state. The first state that he won was here and gave him great momentum to go in there. Oh my God, stop. Guys, spot the Fed. Do you see him? He's got a chain out. He's looking all like, yeah, I'm totally, ah, spot the Fed. No shorts in this one. He's like super cultural appropriation, backwards hat and shit. This is just way too funny. I didn't need a ticket to go up there to the White House when he got inaugurated. I need to bring something, we need to bring something tangible back to our communities. And this was a god awful sight for the whole world to see the racism, the under racism that runs throughout this country in every jurisdiction. Was this an expected verdict? And now that it's happened, how do you explain this? Well, we, to we, 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 don't, we, we don't know the intricacies of criminal justice. This is why we fight every day for criminal justice reform. Yeah. The judicial bias with this judge 
the behavior of who this is, judge, is he a bishop the for? way he was treated as a defendant. There's not a black or brown defendant in Kenosha County or any other county that can come up actually missing while on bail. On. After they find him, they release him back on bail. There is not a black or brown defendant who can co-mingle with other people in nefarious backgrounds and it not be brought into evidence. So we don't know. Black pastors can't go to a courtroom in Brunswick, Georgia. Black people can't go uh, into the legal proceedings in Charlottesville, Virginia. The, the challenge that America has with this verdict is, is this the country that you want? Because this is not the country that we want. We want equal protection under the law. The fact that uh, Anthony Huber and Joseph Rosenbaum was white, racism is more deadly than COVID. It is, it is, it is indiscriminate. It doesn't it just affect white people. It affects all of humanity. And our challenge now is to use peace. Ooh, look, 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 look. Let's go back. I want you guys to see. Convict Killer Kai, KKK. Oh, man. Um, this video is definitely being archived so it doesn't go away. So we can give that to Kyle's defense when he says that he was called a white supremacist. They had this poor boy with signs like this. People archive the shit out of this. This is going to be gold. This is going to be gold. We will help that boy own humanity. And our challenge now is to use peace, protest, and civil disobedience to continue to move this forward. We must continue to fight for equal protection under the law. This verdict is outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. How does the rest of the country, or should the rest of the country, view what happened here today in Kenosha? And Justin, we'll go to your first. Well, see, it sets precedence. That's what people don't understand. Uh, by them saying you could shoot the DOJ under a Democratic president, said it was okay to shoot my nephew seven times in the back. Well, if it happened here, if somebody does it in St. Louis or, uh, say, Michigan, it be, will be okay. Now that they said this young man can carry a weapon, which was illegal at 17, they threw that out and shot two people, murdered two people and shot a third, and that's okay? Where? What is our world upside down? So we have to keep our poise about ourselves. We have to continue to work together. We were down at the federal building in Chicago, marching with the Haitians. We're going to be with the Jam uh, Jamaicans. We're going to be with the Ghanaians and the African-Americans. You have made a coalition that you cannot take apart. It would take us a minute and a little more fight to get what we came for. But once we capture that prize, we're going to change the world. Oh, this, ver this verdict emboldens the white supremacists. It Damn, who's, who's this bishop? This bishop, we need to sue his church. These fuckers wanted this case of self-defense to be murder. Do you know why? Because that would be the first step to take your guns. And that judge, even though he's Democrat appointed, there was no way he would have his name in history be the reason that they remove the Second Amendment. It, it, it emboldens the insurrections, uh, the insurrectionists, January 6th. Of course. And those who want to suppress criminal justice and suppress black and brown people. The fact of the matter is, this is not the America that we have for. This is not the America that Dr. King dreamed of. And we have to continue to mobilize, organize, use peace, protest, and civil disobedience to move our nation forward. This is, this is a sad day 
But we as a people have learned how to do one thing. We've learned how to turn our pain into power. Bishop Grant, you have been meeting with community groups in Kenosha for the last several days, evenings after you've left the courthouse, correct? Yes, yes. What have you been telling them? What have you been telling them to prepare for this moment? No matter what, no, no, no matter what has happened in, 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 in our historical trek towards freedom, have we resorted to violence and looting and rioting? We have a collect commitment, a collaboration. Wait, what? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. What do you say? We don't loot and riot. They could have sworn that it was Black Lives Matter that set shit on fire in Minnesota while they were telling us there's nothing to see here. I'm so confused. So confused. That's just, that's just so weird. Let's see when they stopped Joe Biden on his way to his colonoscopy, what he had to say about this. It's quite fascinating what he has to say. And the thing is, he's in a lot of trouble now because he's got to justify his state. Do you have any, do you have any reactions to the trial? I just heard a moment ago. Do you have any reactions? I, I didn't watch the trial, so I, you know. Do you stand by your past comments equating him to white supremacy? Well, look, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it. Good. They're going to release all the detail. I feel great. Nothing's changed. We're in great shape. And so uh, and I'm looking forward to celebrating my 58th birthday. Pardon me? I don't know. It's going to take a while to get through the Senate. I think it'll probably be after Thanksgiving. I will sign it, period. Uh, are you, you need a pardon? Wow. So they swapped him during that colonoscopy. That was weird. I don't know if you guys can, can see that, but <laughs> truth is stranger than fiction. <laughs> truth is stranger than fiction. See, Biden's going to have to pay for those comments. Uh, you know, they stalk the jury, which is another one. But he will have to pay for those charges. Fox News contributor Leo Terrell is with us as well. He's joined us throughout this process. He joins us now. Leo, your reaction as you join us by phone. Uh, thank you for having me on. I'm very glad that justice prevailed. I think most objective lawyers felt that Kyle Rittenhouse had an affirmative defense of self-defense. I think these verdicts are correct. I think Kyle Rittenhouse should never have been charged. I think the prosecution basically made him a, a an example of what happened last year. Uh, and I think the outside noise, I'm very proud as a civil rights attorney because the outside noise did not intimidate, did not deter the jury from looking at the facts inside that courtroom. And this is a just verdict. The only, the only people to be upset are those who have a hidden agenda outside the rule of law. Uh, Leo, it's John here. The uh, the verdict came down as the White House press briefing was underway. Uh, Jen Psaki was asked about it. She said that the White House will try to get a statement out as soon as possible. It will be interesting, Leo, to see what the White House has to say about this, because as you'll recall, during the election campaign in 2020, Joe Biden tweeted out a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse and they talked about white supremacists. Uh, what, what's your perspective on what the world saw about Kyle Rittenhouse during this trial versus what the president, 
when he was a candidate for office, had suggested about him. Let me give Joe Biden some uh, advice. Be very careful what you say, because you're subject to a possible defamation lawsuit. John, I want to be very clear. There's not a single shred of evidence that Kyle Rittenhouse is a white supremacist. This was a, a statement that Joe Biden is going to have to pay for and justify. And I think the White House, in my opinion, or at least Joe Biden, the candidate at that time, tried to utilize the Kyle Rittenhouse case in his run for the presidency. We are a nation of laws. And at that point, when he made that statement, John, he had no facts to make this outrageous allegation of white supremacy. And then you look at what's been going on in these other, other networks where they were talking about this is a case where white man's tears. You saw an 18-year-old young man cry on that witness stand because he honestly believed he was fighting and saving his life. And guess what, John? A jury of his peers, a jury of his peers said, you're right. You had no other choice but to defend yourself. I'm proud of the jury system as a lawyer for 30 years. Anyone tuning in now, you see the news on your screen found not guilty of all charges against him. Kyle Rittenhouse, just 18 years old now. He was 17. You'll remember when he left us on Antioch, Illinois, when he went to Kenosha, summer of 2020. Uh, Leo, what will life be like for Kyle Rittenhouse after this day? Uh, it will never be the same. He won't be the 18-year-old young man uh, who was basically uh, working between living with his mom and his dad, working as a, a lifeguard. His life has been changed forever. Hopefully, the, the one great thing he has in his favor is vindication. He's gonna be now, what he does with this and how his life goes forward is pure speculation. Lawyers don't want to speculate. But I think this is so important. This young man was facing life imprisonment, his life taken away. And basically, the jury said, no, you did nothing wrong. And you are vindicated by a, a basically three not guilty verdicts. It's, it's a great day. What he does with his life, only time will tell, Sandra. So, uh, Leo, um, many times in cases like this, we would await uh, the defendant uh, now cleared of all charges and just, just a civilian goes back to his day-to-day -day life to come out on the front steps of the courthouse and maybe his attorney speak or maybe he or she would speak. But the uh, steps of the courthouse are occupied by protesters who have been there uh, pretty much through the entire trial and certainly through the jury deliberations. And the big question hanging in everyone's mind, Leo, is what happens now that he has been acquitted on the streets of Kenosha. Uh, people in that city, particularly businesses, uh, have been sweating it out, wondering what might happen. Will it be a return to the unrest on the streets that we saw in August of 2020? What do you think? John, I thank you for that question because you saw groups outside what I call agitated Black Lives Matter, for example, outside. Let me be very clear for all the viewers of Fox. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse did not shoot or kill or injure a black person. There were three white individuals who were alleged victims. I think if you find disturbance on the street, it is those what I call agitators who want to play the race car, who wants to somehow acclaim the system's unfair. So I'm hoping that the country accepts the verdict universal. But am I am I I'm not naive. I'm not naive to, uh, to, to ignore what happened 12 months ago in Kenosha or what happened in 2020, the summer of riots. So we're going to have to watch and see. I think it's smart to have National Guard troops there, but the verdict is an, a, a confirmation that the legal system works. The question is, will the outside agitators and those, and I, and what I consider the left-wing media, will they accept it and tell basically their surrogates not to riot and loot? 
Hi everyone, I'm Brian Kilmead. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to click to subscribe to the- Yeah, we're not doing that. All right, so self-defense, right? That was self-defense. He's gonna be one of the richest freaking 18 year olds. You know, you thought Sandman was big, huh? Let me show you a self-defense shooting that happened in Cleveland. Here's a video that was released. They called it a self-defense shooting because it was self-defense. Kind of like it was for Kyle Rittenhouse. Hold on, give me a sec. Let me see if I have, there's no audio. All right. So I guess they're in a club. This girl is doing something. We're watching them. Somebody walks out pissed off, upset. Guy turns around, goes somewhere. Two dudes talking. Another guy comes by, touches her, says, see ya. Probably a local. And this is what happened right before self-defense. So guy walks up to him, starts kicking his butt. Guy's like, what's going on? Dude that he punched, had a gun. It was over for him. So obviously, you know, that's what happened. He punched the wrong person that had a gun. But you know, the New York Times has been priming us for years on how we need to take away guns. But the New Yorker has done an exceptional job too. Watch this. There are many different types of guns, rifles, shotguns, machine guns, revolvers, and pistols to name a few. Historically, Americans typically owned firearms for hunting, and for most of the last century, rifles and shotguns far outpaced the sale of handguns in America. But today, Americans say their single largest reason for buying a gun is self-defense. Handguns are now the gun of choice in America, particularly ones designed to be concealed. Concealed carry, as it's called, is legal in all 50 states, and today an estimated 13 million Americans are licensed to carry a concealed weapon. That's more than 12 times the number of police officers and detectives. So how did so many Americans start carrying guns in everyday life? Well, the story doesn't start in the Old West. It starts in the late 1970s. In 1977, at the National Rifle Association's annual meeting, a faction of conservative activists led by Harlan Carter seized control. Carter pivoted the NRA away from the traditional focus on hunting and sportsmanship and transformed the organization into a political vehicle for the modern gun rights movement. Hunting was declining as more people lived in cities, and the number of households with a hunter has dropped by nearly 50% in the last four decades. The American gun industry survived this decline by selling more guns for carrying in everyday life. The narrative of the gun industry was changing. Some of the most dedicated gun rights activists went from saying this in 1967. There is absolutely no reason why out on the street today a civilian should be carrying a loaded weapon. To this in 2016. If we had guns on the other side, it wouldn't have been that way. I would have, boom. In 1987, the refashioned NRA successfully lobbied lawmakers in Florida to relax the rules for concealed carry. Under the new system, officials had no choice but to issue a permit to anyone applying who was considered mentally fit and not convicted of violent felony. Similar laws were eventually adopted in two dozen other states. And today, all 50 states allow concealed carry, but only 28 require actual training with a gun. It was now easier to get a license to carry a concealed weapon than ever before. Gunmakers took to marketing their products as pocket guns with maximum concealability. But there was a problem with selling guns for self-defense. America was becoming a less dangerous place. Violent crime peaked in 1991 during the crack cocaine era and has dropped by nearly half since then. 
But when you ask people if crime is declining, they often think the opposite, that it's going up. One reason for this misperception is the emphasis that news places on random, spectacular crimes. A study of news reports from Los Angeles stations in 2009 found that local broadcasts often began with crime stories that weren't even in Los Angeles. It's easy to see why people can feel as if the biggest thing happening most days is something terrible. About this four-person crime wave of carjackings, robberies, burglaries, and assaults. The uncarrying revolution took a big step forward in 1992 when a Los Angeles jury acquitted four police officers of using excessive force in the beating of Rodney King. The city erupted in riots, and the events were televised. We will have more on the situation in Los Angeles. A new market for self-defense guns was born and it was infused with racial anxiety. The criminals laughed at their laws. That tells me guns are not the problem. Criminals are. And it's time to ban the problem. If we need more police, let's hire them. If we need tougher prosecutors and judges, let's appoint them. If we need more prisons, let's build them. But let's ask our lawmakers to ban the rights of criminals, not the constitutional rights of American citizens. In the late 90s, the gun industry was facing another problem. More than 30 local and state governments were suing gun manufacturers. But in 2005, Congress stepped in and passed the Protection of Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, which immunized gun manufacturers, distributors, and dealers from civil liability for damages caused by their products. Right. That Protection and Lawful Commerce in Arms Act, mm -hmm. which is one of the cornerstone achievements of the ILA, is probably the only reason we have a U.S. firearm industry anymore. Today, the largest U.S. gunmaker, Smith & Wesson, underwrites several NRA initiatives, including The Armed Citizen, a column that celebrates stories of civilians who draw their guns in self-defense. Gun sales surge in reaction to three kinds of events, mass shootings, terrorist Okay, I want to see an article about Kyle Rittenhouse. I want to see that, uh, that, <laughs> that to be put on there. Talk of gun control. When I talked to many people this spring about why they carry concealed weapons, they often said that they feel, above all, a sense of vulnerability to terrorists, to mass shooters, to ordinary criminals. They know that carrying a gun is a risk of its own, but it's a risk that they are willing to take. In all, Americans today have accumulated 310 million firearms, and the number continues to grow. The future of carrying guns isn't clear. In 2008, the Supreme Court awarded a victory to gun owners, ruling in District of Columbia versus Heller that the Second Amendment guarantees an individual right to self-defense within the home. However, the court left open the question of how far that extends into public places. Many legal experts say this is the next great frontier for the Second Amendment. For now, Americans live among a self-appointed, well-armed, and lightly trained militia. So you guys understand, Rittenhouse was targeted. They traveled to find him. They ushered them toward him. He was a child. Children usually do not have good gun training, apparently. He was part of a militia. He had exceptional training. So they believed that they would find a way to have him start shooting like an Uzi everywhere. They set him up. And when it happened, I said I would refrain from commenting as I did not want someone to take that narrative and beef it because then that could have disrupted. Sometimes when you say things, 
other people are listening and they'll change course. Kind of like today with the riots, I put that shit out. Guess what? No fires. So it's only if you want to deter things. If you want to let it play out, you say nothing. This was all set up that way. They had control of limiting people with guns. They're coming for your guns. You have to be a responsible gun owner, though. You have to be responsible. You have to make sure, you know, how to transport it, how to have it, and to know how important it is when you yield it. They assumed because of his age, because there were others there with guns, but they targeted him. They assumed because of his age that they would have gotten what they needed. And they tried really, really hard. But if we already knew the plan, we'd also make sure that there were no, there was enough footage to ensure that the boy was fine. So interesting how there were drones that day. Where were the drones during the George Floyd thing? I see. Where were the drones where everything else went? I see. But there were drones for this one because they coordinated it. There were communications. Remember, we're in every chat, every Zoom call, every signal text, every single communication, both left and right, and those in the middle. Therefore, there are a few things that you can make sure of. You don't have to say, hey, we'd probably need some footage because of this. No, could have been another type of nudge. See, God foresees it all and ensures that the right people are at the right place at the right time. Always. It's really hard for some people to conceive, considering today we watched the replacement happen almost instantaneously. On that note, I wish you guys a fantastic weekend. Can't wait for movie night. It's going to be fun. <laughs> like I said, boots, boots. It's going to look like forever until Christmas is over. So on that note, God bless everyone. And remember, going to call us racist. You're going to call us potential Timothy McVeigh's. Fuck you. War. Yeah. The Illuminati knows the answers. Taking bone samples to clone rappers. But the artists in prison to silence their vision. Genetic copies going home after. They look different. Eyes shifted. Smile missing. Skin lifted. It's scientific. If they can't control you, they erase the only get your duplication to enforce the message. Clone Gucci. Clone Kodak. Clone Eminem. He ain't raps his encore. Know that. Clone the rappers. Make the dose to keep making money from producing more tracks. The game is the shit. Turning the artists who challenge the sacrificial lambs. The labels and devils are shaking hands. Creating our artists and labs. The executions have been Televised, oh, they're on TMZ like a night. They take our health, give us weaponized clones. The revolution won't be televised. I can't be replicated. I'll be the attitude in the chains, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated. Try to control me, then guess again. Rebellion lives in my DNA. I can't be replicated Duplicated Imitated Fabricated Eliminated No, I can't be replicated The system designed me to be a slave I'm depicting the matrix that can't escape I can't be replicated
If they killed the rappers who were spitting truth, they wouldn't have a messenger to reach the youth. So they duplicate physically inabilities, replicate tattoos in cloning facilities, indie contracts worldwide. Label contracts say universal for all of time and all forms. They own all your music, your in your name, and your person. <laughs> Weird, right? I know you don't think that is facts, but for 50,000 in a hair sample, you can clone your dog or your dying cat. It's another way for them to win the war by weaponizing important celebrities. Don't kill your foes, just call their gods, and you'll control all your enemies. The executions have been televised, though. They're on TMZ like every night. They take our heroes, give us weaponized clones. The revolution won't be televised. I can't be replicated. Copy the attitude and it changed, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated. Try to control me, then guess again. Rebellion lives in my DNA. I can't be replicated, duplicated, imitated, fabricated, eliminated. No, I can't be replicated. The system designed me to be a slave. I'm the glitch in the matrix that can't escape. I can't be replicated. You can see the difference in their face now. Casualties of money and the fame. Posing for the cameras with that fake smile. Clone of someone who they used to be. I can't be replicated. I'll be the attitude and the chains, but no one will ever do me the same. I can't be replicated. Try to control me, then guess again. Rebellion lives in my DNA. I can't be replicated. Duplicated, contained, fabricated, eliminated. No, I can't be replicated. The system designed me to be a slave. I'm the glitch in the matrix that can't escape. I can't be replicated.